Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, it's Mike again. Anyways, sorry for the pause there, but just try to do some more reading. Just trying to do more reading than commentating. Is that a word, commentating? Yeah, I guess so. Anyways, um, we read the first three chapters of Genesis, now we're in chapter four. And we discussed what we talked about the garden and the serpent, Adam and Eve, and the creation, what really happens and what doesn't, and the creation and how it doesn't line with what the world says. I put my money on God and his word. And uh don't agree, don't agree. Uh, anyways, um man, my glasses are kinda of dirty too. It's all spudgy. I think it gets me close. Uh, anyways, I don't really need new clothes, but I would like to have some shirts that didn't have holes in them, but no oh well. Big deal. Is it that big of a deal? Not really. Hmm. Glasses are all blurry. Anyways, uh, we'll get into this. Gosh, I'm too human, huh? Too human. All right. Still smudgy, but I'll be able to read. Chapter 4. Adam knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have begotten a man from the Lord. <clears throat> she again bare his brother, Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was the tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of fruit from the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain uh, and to his offering, uh, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. 
and thou shalt rule over him. Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So, <laughs> that verse doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest with you. Doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it's not legit. And why did why was Cain so wroth, so disappointed, so angry? Uh, or better yet, why would God not accept his offering? I don't know. I really don't know. I guess everyone has their opinion about it, but I don't barely know. Just going to be honest with you. Because all I know is that God was wroth with Cain. Or, or Cain was wroth. And God was, did not respect his offering. So, Anyways, and then that verse 7, Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. I have no idea what that means. I imagine many a theologian has wrestled over that particular verse. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. It came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. The Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel and thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my mother, my mother's, my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Which is very interesting in its own right right there. Uh, his voice, the voice of the, thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Is it poetic or is it literal that his blood cried out from the ground? Why not? Why can't it be? With all the strange things I've seen from uh, all these mnemonic entities, why can't God recognize that too? I'm sure that God has the, such amazing powers of perception that it's beyond our understanding. Um, plus the fact, you know, where was Abel when he died? Things to think about. And now, art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand? Interesting. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punish is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth. From thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. 
who's everyone? This leads back to the, the, the question of how many people were actually on the earth or in the earth at the time? But it doesn't really specifically say, does it? It's a fascinating dilemma. I guess the Lord knows. Of course, I know the Lord knows. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any find him should kill him. Of course, what is this mark? Now, when I was a Mormon, and knowing that what a racist religion it is now, at the time, the mark was black skin. <laughs> I don't believe that to be the case anymore, of course. <clears throat> In fact, I don't believe much of anything that the Mormons say, so. But it's interesting that, you know, we really don't know that either. So what was that mark? Or do we? No. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. So apparently not only was the garden the east of Eden, but the land of Nod was too. So both these places, east of Eden, wherever that is exactly in the world at this time. And Cain knew his wife, and he conce- she conceived and bare Enoch. So, <sighs> where did the wife come from? These are just questions that, that naturally come to, to mind. It doesn't disprove or any of this book. It just means there is information not given. And, you know, it makes me think of history in its own right. And names of powerful and famous people in the past who, at the time, were wheelers and dealers and high and powerful men or women, mostly men, um, of their, their period of time, their generation, and at nothing more but a, just a sentence. So-and-so was the president of the United States. And then you have to go in and really do your research, and then you find out with all this propaganda that goes on and twisting the stories and all that, you just don't know what to believe. Who, who, what's what? So. <laughs> uh, and then there's the meaning behind these names, which, uh, you know, several folks have done some research on the meaning of the names. And so do the names themselves have particular meanings? And, and yeah, that's worth looking into to a certain point. That's right. Is there a secret code? Um, but I don't know. I just think that these were just major players at the time that lay it to a, a major events or two major events they're important 
to God Almighty. So, leaving it at that, let's move on. So he said this bear Enoch, and he built the city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. So we hear something of the first inklings of a city, a city-state. Now, cities are important, especially if you're going to wield power over other people and maintain power. You need a city. You need an organization. As simple as that, and have people that serve under you. <clears throat> and especially if you're not going to be blessed with tilling the ground and doing your own hard work, you're going to need other people to do it for you, aren't you? And more bodies and et cetera to maintain your position, your power. So, something to think about. And unto Enoch was born Ired, and Ired begat Mahujalel, and Mahujalel begat Methuselel, and Methuselel begat Lamech. And Lamech took unto him two wives. One of, uh, the name of one was Adah, and the name of the other was Zelah. Now, Adah bared Jebel, and he was the father of such as dwelt in tents, and of such as have cattle. So, especially, you know, during this time when this, this book was written, this was a very important position, wasn't it? A very, uh, and, uh, career, uh, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, and his brother, brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all such as handled the harp and organ. I don't know what the organ actually was, but it's um, interesting that they were playing the harp or something in music back then. So one was, you know, the founder of Music and the other one was the founder of what? Uh, cattle ranching, huh? <laughs> cattle herding, living in tents. And Zilla, she also bare Tublacane, and the instructor of every artificer of brass and iron, and the sister of Tublacane was Naahma. Naahma, that's what it is. And Lamech said unto his wife, or Lamech, Lamech, Adda and Zillah, hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain the man to my wounding, a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy times sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God said, She hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, and to him also, 
there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Which is an interesting statement, and it's all right, because apparently there was men, multiple already, and it wasn't until Seth was born and that his son was born, Enos, that then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So for some reason, nobody was doing it prior to that. Uh, and then there's this whole thing about men. You know, who, who or what in particular... Whereas, uh, I would assume there'd be men too, but what what do they mean by men? This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man. Man and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. It's apparently called Men and female created he them and blessed them, called their name Adam. Mm -hmm. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. In the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were eight hundred years. And he begot sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And that's a heck of a long time. I'm 50, and I don't know if I've... <laughs> I'm already worn out. The Seth lived 105 years, and begot Enos. So this is a long time in its own right, uh, as far as people live in, and of course there could be numerous people by then, but not a whole bunch, but numerous. I mean, dozens, if not more than that. So how do they go about that? It just is an interesting thing. How did they go about it? Was it just incestual relationship, or was this, you know, it's just baffles the mind, doesn't it? And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. So he's living a little less than his father, but, you know, after you live 900 years, what's a few, you know, what's, what, 18 It is 18 years, right? Uh, Enos lived after he begat Canaan, Canaan, 815 years, begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And Canaan lived 70 years, and begat Mahalaleel. <laughs> And Canaan lived after he begot Mahalaleel eight 
140 years and beget sons and daughters. It's a long time to beget sons and daughters, huh? And all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died in Mahalalel, the L, that lived 65 years, and he begat Jared. 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 And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared. 830 years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years and he died. And Jared lived 162 years and he begot Enoch. And Jared lived after he begot Enoch 800 years and begot sons and daughters. Dear Heavenly Father, name of Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, what am I reading? What are we <clears throat> in respect to you, mighty God? What am I reading? All the days of Jared were nine hundred and sixty-two years, and he died. And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and he begot Methuselah, Methuselah, Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah three hundred years. And begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365. Like the number of days in the year. Calendar that we live under. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. Okay. How did that happen, I wonder. And Methuselah lived a hot... 187 years and begot Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begot Lamech uh, 782 years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years. And he died. And Lamech lived 182 and begot a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begot Noah 595 years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days in Lamech were, Lamech were 777 years and he died. And Noah was... 500 years old, and Noah begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives, all of all which they chose. And the Spirit said, "My and the Lord said, My Spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh; yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years." There were giants in the earth in those days, and those, and, uh, and also after that, when the sons of God 
um, came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were old men of renown. Well, we know the New Testament that if you follow Jesus and you believe in Jesus, you can be a son of God. And then there's the, the you know, uh, Seth line, right? And lineage, and those who call upon the Lord. And then we got this argument about, in particular, angelic beings, the, the watchers, the fallen angels. Um, I dare not manipulate God's word one way or the other. Maybe they're both. Maybe he's talking about both. Could it be? I don't know, God. I mean, you know, you hear so many different things from so many different guys, and it all makes sense until you read it yourself, and then you're like, God, I really don't know. Dear Lord God, I really don't know. You know, the problem is, I know that my faith is in my Lord Jesus Christ because of experience and because of hope and all the things that it gives me to maintain. But I can't tell anybody for certain. It's a heck of a Bible study, isn't it? They have some guy to talk honest with you. <laughs> I can't tell you honestly. 100% for sure whether they're the Watchers or they're the line of Seth or they're something completely different. I can't. And you know what? I don't I really have to take a position on it. And neither do you. If you want to, that's your prerogative. But as for me, I'm not going to manipulate too hard the Word of God. I'm just going to read it for what it says. There was giants in the earth in those days. Mighty, they became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Aren't we getting closer and closer to being that way again? If not, have we always been that way? And it repented the Lord that he made man on earth and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, and creeping thing, and fowls the air, for it repented me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. And Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah walked with God. So one thing we do know is is that he walked with God. which apparently was something pretty exceptional at that point because everyone else was just too wicked and self-centered and and just was about their own selves, right? And, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
And the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Now, that's a fascinating statement, and it's all right. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. All flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. That's much, so they had corrupted God's way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And so he says, <laughs> the earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So whatever it was, what really was going on, whether it was the Nephilim, whether it was these fallen angels, whether it was genetic engineering, whatever it was, it made God pretty darn mad. And I think part of it was this whole thing that the vast majority of them just forgot them. Just like the vast majority of people today forget them. God, that is. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. And a window shalt thou make to the ark. And in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. The door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower second third floor stories shalt thou make it. So if everybody's wondering how tall the ark is, right? A lower, a second, and a third story, three stories. Behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. Thou shalt Come into the ark, thou and thy sons, thy wife, thy son's wife with thee. And every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring in the ark to keep them alive with thee, and they shall be male and female. Now, it's interesting about this. So, with the garden... And then the garden had its own specific creations. 
they were pleasant to the eye, and certain animals lived in this garden that wasn't very big. And then there's the rest of the creation. It begs the question, was it really necessary the way God created things back then to even have what people would argue, you know, with the billion, you know, the millions of different uh, species and subspecies and blah, 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 uh, in the world that, um, With the, the God's initial creation, was it even be necessary to have all that in order to eventually reestablish uh, the biodiversity that's throughout this world? And another question is too: is was the biodiversity much greater back then? I mean, we don't know really. Although we have, you know, circumstantial evidence through fossil records, it's, you know, that they there could have been. Um, although we can't trust most of the dinosaur bones and collections and the, the skeletons that we see, because a lot of it is based on flimsy data and artist conceptualization, conceptualization. So, in other words, their imagination. So we're back to the same old thing of a man's imaginations again when it comes to dinosaurs and fossils and all that kind of stuff. But whatever it was in God's plan and how he arranged it, he knew that this ark would be big enough to uh, establish life throughout the world. Also, the question also comes now is also about the the continents. And if you know, in the beginning, he said he put all the, the land basically in one area. See, some people get Pangaea, or whatever. Uh, I mean, was that still that way after the flood? Did God still have corridors? And you know for the animals to to reproduce and to tra- you know traverse this this vast area in order to populate things uh, the problem <clears throat> with everything that I'm talking about and all the criticism and, uh, and objections is that those objections were put into our heads to begin with by other fallen men and we must read this book outside of the box that's been placed around our heads and before our eyes and first things first is we got to accept that whatever this word, God's word is saying is true but we don't know fully or understand fully what we're actually reading, which is a hard thing to do, isn't it? If we're honest about it, because it requires more faith. The more you read this book, the more you need to have faith. The more you learn about from what other people say, the more you need to have faith. Because 
God's ways are greater than ours, or whatever and however he created this, we don't have a clue. And how he went about just wiping out this place and flooding it completely, we don't have a clue. You see, he's God and we're not. And I don't think he's obligated to tell us much more than that. I just don't think he is. Anyways. So anyways, we're back here. So behold, I, I, even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein that is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee I will establish my covenant. Thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, thy sons' wives and thee, and every living thing of all flesh, uh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark, to keep them alive with thee. And they shall be male and female. So I really think it's important, too, as people who believe in the Word and believe in Jesus, that we don't make up stuff in order to fit a narrative or to make other people happy. Uh, people start saying, well, how did he put all these animals in such a small ship? This is what you say. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not God. As the fowls of every uh, after their kind and the cattle after their kind and every creeping thing and the earth after his kind to every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. Take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so he, so did he. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Every clean beast thou shalt take uh, to thee by sevens, he male and he his female, and of the beasts that are not clean to uh, the male and his female. Of the fowls also the air by sevens, males and the females, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. Yet seven days, for yet seven days, I will cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all the Lord commanded him. And the Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of the earth was upon the earth. When the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because the waters of the flood of the clean beast and of the beast that are not clean and of the fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. 
And there went in two, and two unto the Noah in the ark, and the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass that after seven days, that waters of the flood were upon the earth. And in the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month of the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. So there's some kind of windows up in heaven, right? You know, uh, I guess I'm, I'm dealing with the, um, the there's the upper waters, right, above the ferment, and in the fountains of the deep, right? So, <clears throat> and the rain was upon the the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, and every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah, into the ark, two and two, of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased, and bared up the ark, and it was lifted up, and it was lifted up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went upon the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And all the high hills that were under the whole heavens were covered. And fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all the flesh died that moved upon the earth, both the fowl and the cattle and the beasts, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man, and all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, and all that was in the day dry land died, and every living substance that was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and creeping thing, and the fowls of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. <clears throat> and we'll stop there as far as reading for this time. But, uh, and I understand completely why most people would go, what? This is all nonsense. You know why? Because that we were trained and conditioned through this through witchcraft and sorcery of the modern-day education system and the Jesuits and Rome and these demons that laid them and have manipulated them, that how could we possibly, the average person, ever take a supernatural experience the, the spirit of the Holy Spirit of God to quicken a man to, to and to believe, just to accept what I just read to you. I understand why most people wouldn't believe it. Most of my life, I didn't. 
But now I read it and I go, okay, none of this doesn't make sense to me, but it happened. Because God's not a liar. He doesn't lie. And everybody else does. I've never met a person, a human being yet, that I've been in contact with for very long who didn't lie. But God didn't lie. God doesn't lie. And so, with the truth about this spiritual warfare and everything else that's going on, it's quite self-evident that uh, what we're dealing with is a very spiritual book. And um, now a lot of people don't like to hear that as well. They say, well, you're just spiritualizing the Bible. Well, with everything I just read to you, how could you not? These are things that are beyond man's understanding. When we say spiritualizing, are we talking about the Holy Spirit or are we talking about, you know, woo? What are we talking about? So, All I know is it must have been one hell of an experience for the people that were destroyed and for those, you know, the people on the ark, you know, knowing his family and whatever, God, whichever animals, whatever animals. Excuse me. He shipped off with them because they must have been really bad to really take, take off God that way. What the actual answer to that is, I got a feeling at the end of the day, we're not going to know until God himself, if he wants to, tells us in the life to come. I could bet you anything, it's nothing that we've been told. And guys, it's really done some good jobs, you know, of really, you know, saying it's this, that, or whatever, but I really don't know. We're shooting at the dark, right? Shooting in the dark. We know is this what it is? We don't know. Anyways, I know about the apocrypha and the books there, and I know you can use that too. But I don't know. place is a lot more bizarre than we ever wanted to give it credit. Anyways, dear any Father, thank you for the opportunity to read out of your holy book about the creation and excuse me, God, it's kind of late. It is pretty late. It's like almost three in the morning, so The bewitching hour. God, I ask you, God, that please watch over me and watch over anybody that listens to this. That you will protect us from the evil one and his many minions and all these demonic spirits and these evil spirits, these demons. God, I ask you to bind them, rebuke them, and send them straight to where they belong. Get them out of our life, please, God. Protect us. Be our fortress. 
be our fiery shield, our protection, uh, our tent. Rebuke and bind all evil from us, God. Protect us. Send thy mighty uh, angels with their fiery swords, I beg of you, to protect me and all the rest of the body of Christ and of those that are beloved by you, God. God, help us that our faith will grow and in strength, and we just, like, it's obvious to understand this Bible and embrace it, we have to let go of a lot of things that the world told us. A lot of things that turned out to be lies anyways. So, God, I just want to say thank you for working on me and getting me to this point. And uh, I just I want to say I love you, God. I love you for all the things you've given us, like giving us your own begotten, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation through Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for being obedient to a heavenly Father. Almighty God, thank you for everything you give us. Help us to understand your word, God, in the way that you want us to understand it, not in the way we want to understand it or the way other people say we have to understand it, but the way that you want us to understand it, God. Because it really doesn't matter in a day what anybody else says anyways. That's just the way it is. Oh, God. All praise and glory go to you, Father. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.